you're listening to Everything Starts Small, a podcast that explores the lives of impact-driven leaders who had an idea and decided to bring it to life. We all have to start somewhere, and through their stories of beginning, we hope to ease our fear of starting with the simple notion that everything starts small. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Everything Starts Small. My name is John B. Johnson, Principal and Identity Architect at A Small Studio. And joining me today is a dear friend of mine, Drew Shaw, entrepreneur and founder of Voice Threads. Today we're going to be talking about how his journey to make mismatched socks, not only fashionable, but, but impactful. All right, Drew, welcome, man. Thank you for being here with me. Yeah, it's my, my privilege. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm just so excited and also a little nervous, like I already told you. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Just get it off of me. Um, but I, I just want to start, man, uh, that most people don't know this, um, but Voice Threads was our official first client of a small studio. And, and but, but you would never know it, the way that the process went. I, it, it was professional from beginning to end. It was oh. Oh, well, don't, don't, don't be praising me too early, man. People would think I'm paid you for that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> no, it's so true, though, because, you know, I, even in, you know, my brand is a little over two years old now from the time that it was actually branded. Like, people still ask me, oh, who, who did your logo and who did your concept and da 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 I was like, my friend John Johnson in the small studio, they, it was an amazing, here's this information, reach out to him. I mean, the work speaks for itself, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. And and this, you know, that's what this is all about. Like, that was that was a moment for us, right? That was a big moment, I think, also in our relationship. But um, mm-hmm. I remember it. I remember how that all came to be. Because me and my wife, Sarah, we just uh-huh. got to Seattle. And I believe a small city had literally just gotten our LLC, like, officially registered, right? And I get a text from you asking me, and I, I quote, still had a text. <laughs> I quote, talk you off the ledge because you were thinking about this new business and new business name and, and obviously a lot of different things that entrepreneurs tend to worry about in their early stages. But uh, I'll never forget that moment because just like you already gave a lot of great, um, I want to say kind words already. Um, I think that that's really what set a small studio in motion to become the agency we are today. Mm-hmm. So I want to start there, right? Do you remember that? You remember that text? You remember that moment? Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely remember the text because the night prior, I didn't sleep at all. Um, and it was the first time I pride myself on being able to sleep very easily. Like I, I don't hold grudges. I don't have regrets. I don't do like, I just surrender to everything that happens to me. I'm like, and I, by the time I get to bed at night, I'm like, oh, I have, I've done everything I could in this day. I'm going to sleep. But that particular night, I could not go to sleep. Um, because I realized that if I was going to, um, take this venture and turn it into something, I had no idea what I was doing. All I had was an idea and a concept. And I had, you know, gone through the seat spot programming, which you helped to build. Yeah. Um, and it 
was it did such a good job that I had continued to think about that um, about my concept concept of my idea, and I realized that there were so many holes <laughs> and so many. Um, deficits in knowledge and skill. I was like, oh my God, I need some help. <laughs> and so I knew the work that you were doing and I knew you were very familiar with um, my company. So I was like, what better person to help me get over this hump than to go to my good friend, John Johnson. So yeah, I remember that text. I <laughs> Early in the morning, I, it might've been early in the morning because I didn't sleep. I was like, hey, I need some help. And, and then I think your response was, what do you need, what do you need help with? I was like, I think everything. <laughs> oh, I remember so. it. I remember it because I think you texted me and I was like, all right, let me, let's hop on the call. You know, we talked like the next day or something and you told me all the things that you were struggling with. I'm like, Drew, you know, that's what I do for a living now. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, and well, I, help I, me. I didn't know what you, that you were doing that. So it was just like meant to be, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was meant to be for sure, man. So let's uh, let's 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 go back. To, like for those that don't know, um, would you explain what Voice Threads is to to the audience? For sure, yeah. So Voice Threads is a socially conscious lifestyle brand that brings awareness to important causes by designing unique pairs of mismatched socks inspired by the work of nonprofit organizations. Uh, our whole value proposition is to cause conversations. We also give back a percentage of the proceeds from the sale of each stock, but what we, um, the value that our partners find is in having their brand, their name, their work on the lips of customers who they haven't connected with previously. And um, hopefully those conversations lead to actions like donating or volunteering time. And, um, you know, we just, we're, we're a storytelling company. Honestly, at the, at the end of the day, we just tell stories over and over and over again about the tremendous work that's going on in our communities and mm -hmm. connecting those people to um, ways they can harness their generosity, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And so back when we had that conversation, that was, I think, October of 2017. Mm. Right? So almost three years ago yeah. to this date. So... Not only are you the founder of Voice Threads, which you just explained to everybody, but you have a pretty eclectic resume uh, <laughs> based on my understanding. You got model, you got teacher, educational consultant, singer, author, and obviously entrepreneur. Well, you say these things as if all of them are professions, but that's not oh, necessarily true. Yeah, but you've done all of those things. I have done all those things. That's true. Professionally. <laughs> So, okay, you got me touche, touche. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I want to, I, you know, voice threads is obviously really important and, and the primary focus of everything that you're doing right now. But I want to take a moment, you know, to, to go back and really, I want you to share the journey of how did you get here now, right? That moment where you're like, I don't know anything about entrepreneurship, but I got to do this thing. But then you're your model, a teacher, educational consultant, singer, author. How did you get here? So walk us through that journey of, of how you got started as a professional, but then to get to voice threads. Wow, that's how much time you got? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is a long, it is a pretty yeah, long. We journey. have time because that's no. what, that's really all that matters. Yeah, right. I mean, and the thing is too is that you're absolutely right. It is a very eclectic group of 
skills and professions that I've chosen to take on. And I've kind of always been that way to kind of dabble in a lot of things. I don't like to be specific or pigeonholed into one thing. I, mm. I consider myself, my life's goal is to be a renaissance man where I can just do a number of different things and be good at them um, or good enough at them where people can come to me as like, uh, a, a source uh, or a resource of knowledge or skill in that particular area. Um, and I, I wouldn't say I'm good at everything, but I know a little bit of, about a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> just a little, just a little. So let, <laughs> let, let me be more specific. I want you to connect the dots for Right, us. I'm getting there. I'm just giving to, the To get to this point. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, so I mean, growing up, so I'm, I'm originally from the Carolinas. My, my mom's side of the family is from there. And I honestly never thought about going into entrepreneurship ever, even though I was surrounded by entrepreneurs. My grandparents um, were entrepreneurs and they ran their business out of their house. So the, the basement of their house was a barbershop and a beauty salon. And it, literally every day there were people coming in and out of the house, getting their hair done, getting their hair cut. People were chatting. It was always filled with conversation there was always food ready to eat i would go over to the house and there would be someone like sitting watching tv a conversation being had someone at the table eating something it was a, a community hub because my grandfather was also a pastor and so of course he was constantly connecting with people um and so that's just the environment i grew up in it was a very generous very um community oriented uh, familial space um but at the heart of it too was entrepreneurship and it's amazing how we can look back on experiences and not recognize it and you can only recognize it from the past but not in the current moment and i didn't know that i had i was being exposed to entrepreneurship at a very 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 young age i wasn't necessarily directly taught about entrepreneurship at that age but i at least had a model to look at what it looks like and what it could be because i didn't know how much they made in their businesses i didn't know what their overhead was i didn't know any of the like ins and outs of business but i saw what it could be in terms of connecting with people connecting with community allowing yourself to be a resource to people um and just building um a community where people could just come and feel like they belong somewhere. And so um, having that as an ingrained part of, of who I am really kind of um, uh, directed me in a particular direction in terms of what I want to do as a profession. So when I went to college, I wanted to be an attorney and I had done all the coursework to become an attorney. I had already taken the LSAT, I had already chosen what schools I wanted to go to. Um, but all along the way, I also recognize that education is one of the biggest determinations of a person's future. So when I was approached with the opportunity to become a teacher before I went to law school, uh, I was hesitant at first, but then I saw it as a really unique opportunity to kind of go on an adventure. And just like I said before, I like to dabble in things. And so before I jumped full full on into law, let me just explore what the rest of the world was looking like because all I had known was education up until that point in time. So let me just see what the rest of the world looked like. And so after joining uh, Teach for America, I moved out to Phoenix. <clears throat> and I didn't join teaching because I liked kids necessarily. I liked them enough, um, but I joined teaching. Let's put that on the record, he, he doesn't <laughs> like kids. Kids are okay, um, but, um, 
I joined the teaching profession because it's a social, social justice issue, um, specifically for kids who live in certain zip codes in our country. And it is um, not fair, nor is it equitable, nor is it just for kids to get a good education based on where they live. And so um, I came to teach in one of the most under-resourced communities in Phoenix, most of the kids and families who live in that community are live at or below the poverty line. Most of my kids were a Latino, most of them first generation Latino. And so there were a number of different obstacles that these students had to face. But um, with armed with the knowledge of what education could do and a good teacher could do, um, that's what really drove me to dive headfirst into education. And so after spending six years at that same school in that community, um, I fell in love with education. Um, and so then I was approached with the opportunity to um, work at ASU in the Teachers College to make an even larger kind of impact with a grant-funded project. Um, I was like, yeah, let's do something else. And so now I'm moving on out of the classroom into uh, higher education to work in the Teachers College where I'm training teachers, where I'm teaching classes, where I'm creating um, products for teachers to use in their classrooms to make them an even better instructor. And so now I'm like one step removed from the classroom. And then during my last year of working at ASU, I began thinking of this idea to start my own education consulting company because all along the way I had been teaching in my own classroom. I had been training other teachers even while I was a teacher in my district. I had been um, training teachers with Teach for America and the New Teacher Project over the summer. I had um, done a number of different things and experimented and dabbled in all of these uh, different avenues in education. I had even got my master's in educational administration and with the potential to become a principal. I didn't become a principal for a number of different reasons because it's super tough. Um, but I began to develop my idea for my consulting company. And then uh, in 2016 is when I uh, launched my consulting company. And um, at that point, that was the first time I had ever been without a safety net. I didn't have a job that someone else was paying me. I didn't have benefits for the first time in my life. I literally had to create my own way, my own way of, li of living. And it was fun. And that was, that was the first time that you were an entrepreneur, right? Providing right. Well, I mean, yourself, doing, creating your own revenue. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, I mean- how long, how long from when you graduated from college to, to that point? Oh man, uh, let's see. So over a decade, so about 11 years. 11 years, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So I mean, and I, yeah, and I think that we can all be entrepreneurial in whatever roles we take on, even if someone else is paying you. But yeah. to be a full-time entrepreneur, that is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> um, but um, now, but yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to make sure I, I paused there because you know, you started your story with this idea of growing up around entrepreneurship and this mm -hmm. thriving environment of, of your family running their own businesses, even just within your own home, right? right? But not really understanding what that took or or how that came to be. And then you go off and you go on this journey. So over that time period of, of graduating, thinking that you were going to be a lawyer, then finding this passion for education, you got 11 years until you took that leap 
to go full time into entrepreneurship. So that's, uh, I think that's, that's, that's really important to, to identify those milestones in your life. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and I don't remember, and it could also just be because, uh, be, be because I wasn't connected to like anything business or entrepreneurial related, but like the concept of entrepreneurship just didn't like the way that it's talked about today is not the way it was talked about then. Right. Like entrepreneurship is like, the new, a new thing even though it's an old thing yeah. i think it's gotten like this new veneer over it that makes it look cool and sexy and polished um but it's a very ugly thing <laughs> and it's made for crazy people um but um <laughs> it really is i tell every entrepreneur i see i was like wow i'm glad there's some crazy. other crazy people in in the world because sometimes it feels like you're the only one um but uh so yeah so i started my education consulting company i actually had a colleague of mine co-found the um the consulting company with me and we started getting clients and we're doing pretty well but it was like feast or famine and i think you know about this in like the consulting world like you either got some clients and they're paying you or whatever else or there's nothing and you're like oh my god how am i gonna pay all my bills what is going on um and so there was a lot of that it's a roller coaster ride um but in that time that i spent cultivating my my business there's a lot of free time that you can choose to have or not you can use that free time for a number of different things i just so happen to like to write and so I was writing this story in uh, my phone. I would actually be at church and writing like little paragraphs every now and then in the midst. We had three services. I could take a service to like check out for a second. Um, and so I would, in my phone, I would, in the notes section, I would just be adding to the story and I would just build on it every single week. And then I looked back at the whole story and I said, hey, you know what? I think there would be some kids or some people in general who would benefit from hearing this story. So I started to research how to publish a book. A year later, I released my first children's book called Rosewood Circle the First Day. And in it, the main character wears mismatched socks. And, when, and that's around the time where I met you actually, because um, I think our mutual friend Karan introduced us and he was like, hey, John is doing this African-American entrepreneurship boot camp. You should join it. And I was like, I don't have an idea. What, what am I going to go into this boot camp for? Like, what am I doing? But at that same time, I had already thought, because if you haven't seen how I am already, when I wrote the book, I automatically thought, hey, you know what? It would be a really good idea if I created kid socks that align with this book so that when kids bought the book, they could mm. buy the socks and they could feel like they were part of the story. So I just had a sock idea, literally, as soon as I met you. And then I got into um, the program and I started to refine that idea because I never had heard of social, social entrepreneurship. Never. Yeah. Social impact venture, never heard of it before. Um, well, let's, so, let's, let's, let's pause. Let's pause there because I'm loving this. I'm so, I'm actually so glad that I opened, opened up with that open-ended question <laughs> you're going through the process <laughs> I so, told you how much time you got no, that's perfect because the african-american entrepreneurship boot camp was something that i led or spearheaded when i was working with seed spot in phoenix seed spot is a um a non-profit organization that accelerates and um, i want to say supports 
impact-driven entrepreneurs or impact-driven organizations, right? So they provide you with the services, the support, the education, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that's when you really even understood what social entrepreneurship or impact-driven, right. you know, startups are, right? And, and th that was how long from when you started your consultancy to when you, when you released the book? Um, so it was about a year from the consulting company to the publishing of the book. Got it. Got it. Okay. Just want to make sure we got these timelines down. So then, so then now you're coming into this African-American, um, entrepreneurship bootcamp, which was exclusively for African-American entrepreneurs in Phoenix. I believe I remember it being the first of its kind. Yeah. Um, there was no other program exclusively for African-American entrepreneurs and, I, you know, Quran connected us. You're like, all right, let's do this thing. And, and we're off. So at that boot camp, was that, yeah. Was that when you like really decided to start to hone in on this, on this venture? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I literally, and I, and there's no, there's nothing extra to say. I literally would not have, the idea for voice threads had I not gone through that program, honestly. Like, I, I, at this point in time, I probably would have just had probably a series of books with socks. And that's yeah. pretty much the extent of what it would have been at its fullest capacity. Um, but going through that program really opened my eyes to a whole other sector of business that I didn't even know existed. Like I didn't, I think me, like most people knew that there were businesses, good and bad businesses, of course, but I didn't know that there was a special kind of focused community centered kind of business that existed at its core. Um, because I know that there are a lot of companies that do good things, but at their core, that's not what they're about. Um, and so learning about that, once again, really resonated with my upbringing. And I think that's why, what kind of, it was kind of like a, a de determination that I needed to, to do um, this kind of business because um, it, I could see glimpses of my childhood in this kind of business that I was trying to start. Um, and so um, after going through this program, um, I had a really solid idea. And the great thing about um, C-Spot program is that they take you through like the, the ins and outs, the stuff that you don't want to think about as a business person. It's boring and it takes time and people start without thinking about it and then they have to backtrack to do it, which I'm grateful for because I did it all up front. <laughs> so, um, so it was great that that was my first experience in business and like doing business the right way. Um, because I was like, dang, if I had known this stuff before, I wouldn't have started my consulting company the way that I started it. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I think, but I think seeing it from both sides, there was value in just starting something versus, um, like taking time to really develop the idea to get some customer validation and things like that before you actually started a company. Yeah. Um, talking, talking about the value of, of just starting. I want to, I want to, take that in and just let it, let it resonate with our, with our viewers, because just the value of starting and the much, how much you learn just by taking that leap, mm -hmm. right. Of not only doing your consultancy, but then writing the book, publishing the book, releasing the book, 
Then joining this program where you had no idea what impact-driven entrepreneurship even right. was, but you're like, I'm, yeah, let's do it. I got to do it. The value of just starting and how powerful that is. And that, that was July of 2017. Correct. Yeah. Right? And if we go back to when we, when we started the conversation, right, we talked in that text message on October of 2017. So what's that, three months Yeah. from then yeah. or less than that? Yeah. So you took the boot camp at SeedSpot, you learned all of these things that you didn't know. And that is that when like the fires started, started like going, you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I need to figure out. I haven't figured out yet. And the anxiety may have started to build. And then now you get to that, that climax moment of you're like, I can't even sleep. John, I need some help. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like when I got done, immediately after I got done with the program, I was like, wow, I think I, I, think I am actually onto something. And I would spend my free time just thinking, like, like thinking and adding to what I had already learned in SeedSpot. And then it got to a point where I was like, yeah, you know what, I think I'm actually going to pursue this. And when I made that decision around the time when I reached out to you, uh, and out of nowhere, I couldn't sleep at all and kind of became panicked. Um, that's when I reached out because I had made it, made it a solid decision. I was like, yep, I'm going to move forward on this. Just like all these other things I've done before, which seem yeah. so scattered, but yet still connected. I, that decision to do something that I have zero um, experience in. I know nothing about retail. I know nothing about manufacturing. I don't even know how to find a manufacturer. I, real, I also real, realized that evening that the name that I had given my company, which was Uncommon Thread, was not going to work because I used the learning that I had attained from the C-Spot program and did some market research and I put in Uncommon Thread. It was everywhere. But I was like, I can't start a company with a name that is everywhere. Um, so I need to come up with something. And, and, and at that point, I was at a loss. I, I like... At that point, Uncommon Thread was the name of my company, and that's what I was going to go with, and I couldn't anymore. So I was like, "Uh-oh, we got <laughs> we got a problem," and I don't, and I, and I need to consult an expert on how to solve this problem. Yeah. And so after that night of, I literally stayed up all night going on YouTube, looking at how to manufacture, looking up how what kinds of yarns are used, looking up like industry leaders and how they started. I mean, it was, it was like I needed this tremendous download to get my mind to a place where I could get back to normal because there were so many questions. Like every, every time I found an answer, there were two questions that popped up. And I was like, I don't, I need to find something to give my mind some rest so I can sleep. Mm. Um, and that's when I reached out to you. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. It, it seems like, especially with the name, you know, one thing that I think you, I've shared this with you that we say at a small studio is the name is the first word of your story. Mm -hmm. So as a storyteller, you have this name Uncommon Threads that was supposed to be the first word of your story. And then you realize like, man, that's everybody's story. Exactly. Like, it just like the, the carpet just has been pulled from underneath you. And Branding is one of those things that you build as a foundation to build your company on. So I think it's no, it's no coincidence that, that we were connected at that point of, you know, me actually switching and starting a branding 
agency to then you needing that in order to continue to build this thing um, and keep that, that momentum, because that's a lot of momentum that you gain yeah. in those moments. And I'm sure every other entrepreneur out there, that momentum is so valuable because as soon as you lose that momentum, man, it's really hard to keep going again. So you didn't miss a beat and you sent that vulnerable text to me like, don't, I'm about to jump, man. You need to help. Um, <laughs> so we actually ended up engaging with each other. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, let's go. I'm, I'm ready. You, you, there was no hesitation. Um, and we started, right? So tell me, tell me a little bit, walk us through like that moment that you now decided to engage me in a small studio on, on your, your branding, your naming, right? Helping to name your venture, but also brand it. And I want to hear like, not only about your experience, but how did that help you get past a lot of the things that you were just sharing with us, the questions and, and trying to figure out it, having no experience. How did that, how did that help you on that journey? Well, the funny thing is, and now that I've been in business for a while, and now when other people have questions about branding and naming and stuff like that, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they think they just need a name and a logo and that's it. But that is not going to sustain. If you want to have longevity in your company, you have to have a brand identity. And that is how you're going to make decisions from then on. And so I didn't fully understand that when I reached out to you, but you interpreted it the right way uh, because I came to you with a, a question about my name, the name of my company, and all these other unknown issues that had you not identified, I would have had to keep coming back to you to find answers for it anyway. And so uh, in the, at the onset, I didn't even know what I needed. I just knew I needed the name. I knew I needed that, and that's it. But going through the process of um, you know, that um, discovery of, of the name uh, was so valuable. And I came out of that experience feeling like, I actually, like you guys were so masterful at like pulling out what was in there that I knew my company could be. And you just made sure that it came out and was put on the board and that it was thought about and you like pushed me to articulate what things meant. And then you guys literally took it and interpreted it and turned it into a thing. And that was so mind blowing to me because if left to my own devices, I never would have gotten to that point. And at the end of that journey, I had all of these things that literally made up what Voice Threads was. And it wasn't, of course, the name was determined, but all these other components from like who my customer was to um, what colors <laughs> that were represented the brand to what fonts we're going to be using, like those things really. Uh, put voice threads as an entity and as an identity that people could look at and could see even without the voice name on it they could be like oh yeah that's voice threads like that's what a company with longevity who with some thought and some purpose behind it that's what it that's what it does and when we look out into the landscape of the world we can see like major brands they spend millions of dollars doing this kind of um, discovery of their brand before they even launch, like when they launch, they know exactly what they're going after. And a lot of businesses miss that step. They just put it out into the world and hope that someone uh, likes it. Um, But when you know who you are, 
it's really easy to make decisions about your business at that point because I've, I've said no to a lot of people, but I've said even more yeses to people because it aligned to what we were doing as a company and discovering what that mission and vision was that aligned with what the brand represented. It, it just makes life so much easier and it's hard work in the beginning to get to that point, but it is, it's exciting work to do. And once it's, uh, once you get to the end point of that, it's so much it's so worth it and of course the brand continues to evolve as time goes on but having a really 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 solid um beginning to that journey it, it is so worth it and i'm so glad I, I took the time um to invest in in that process because um voice threads would not <laughs> literally be what it is without your help and the help of a small studio so um it was just it was just like to this day, I've not gone through an experience with voice threads or any of my other companies, honestly, that was so transformative from mm. what something was to what it is now um, than what than, than that discovery exercise with uh, a small studio. It was tremendous. And after I finished with it, I think because I sent a couple of people your way, I was like, hey. I know you were thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and starting this company. You need to go and talk to John Johnson at the small studio and they'll get you right. And you, and you've done it. And every time there was a, a product that was created after the fact, I was like, damn, that's good. <laughs> 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 and, and they, and they enjoyed the process too, because, um, they would come back to me. They're like, Drew, thank you so much for connecting me with them because I didn't know what I was doing. And now I know exactly what I need to do. So, yeah, that's, I, I wasn't going to cut you off because you were on a roll, man. Like, <laughs> y'all know that, that Drew is just saying all these things because he loves us. Um, I did not pay him. No. Uh, no here's the thing, though. I got to say this. People, people know that I'm, I'm a pretty honest person. I just give it to you the way it is. And people, if, they, if people need to know if something is valuable or if it's good, they'll come to me and ask me, hey, Drew, I know because you're honest and you'll just tell me the yeah. facts and just tell me how it is. What do you think about this experience? And they'll tell me and they'll make a decision or they'll ask me and they'll make a decision after I tell them what my critique is. And so the fact that people believed me enough to go to you and was like, yeah, that was good. I'm glad I asked you about that. That speaks volumes about the work that you do. Because if you, if it wasn't that good, honestly, I wouldn't have told anybody about it. But it was tremendous. It was tremendous. And I stand behind it till the day I die. It was so, so, so good. And like I said before, even from that two years ago, from when we um, created the brand to now, it is still super strong. People still connect with connect with it in a number of different ways. And we have a very identifiable brand because people know what Voice Threads is and they resonate with it. Yeah. Well, I, thank you for saying all of that. And you know, it's it's been it's been an incredible three years because it's about three years from when we yeah. started. Right. So yeah. we're almost about the same age. If you yeah, say it started when you when we worked with you. But you know, one of the things I've realized working with a lot of different entrepreneurs, even early stage ones, but also experienced ones, is that it's the the idea of everything starts small. I live out that mentality, that that notion so much in my life because sometimes the small little thoughts or that small voice inside of you or that small idea or the small experience, you have to it has to be pulled out of you. Because it's so small sometimes at the beginning that you don't even know how to interpret it, mm -hmm. right? And that's really where I found a lot of life in the work that I do as an identity architect is, is I have to, you have to dive into the people themselves 
to really reveal that small idea or that small concept or that small experience or whatever it is. But the fact is, is that we have to understand that it's starting small, right? And in order for it to expand or grow, we have to realize what it is and then nurture it, surround it with some protection, surround it with some boundaries, right? Some guidelines, some frameworks, and then go ahead, go ahead on, go ahead and grow, you plants, go ahead and grow your beautiful idea into something beautiful like voice threads. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't be more proud knowing that you were my first client as, as an identity architect, right? I couldn't be more proud knowing that you were a small studio's first client. No Troy couldn't be more proud that you were the first brand that he helped to design, the first identity that we were able to translate into the marketplace through what we call branding because the your story and your passion and your motivation and and just your drive like it's been such a incredible thing to watch in that journey that you've been on that you've been able to share today which that's one of the things like that's why we started this 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 podcast is because it's not about oh yeah that brand was created it's about how do we even get to the point of creating that brand right because that journey, as you just, you just revealed to everybody, is spectacular because the brand is a manifestation of that journey. Mm-hmm. It's not just the idea. It's not just the company. Like, it's all the things that you did in your life to get to that point. And that's the thing that I hope people can realize is that you started, right? And you started small. I started small. Right. But at the end of the day, by you starting and by you taking that leap, here we are now with you now with over a dozen different um, uh, nonprofit partners that you're working with, two dozen different um, nonprofit partners that you're working with. How many socks do you guys have created and designed now? Yeah, we have 10 socks. Nine of them are for our nonprofit partners. Nine of them are for your nonprofit. And one of them is, is your branded sock. That it's our one-year anniversary sock. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you're, you, you've launched this Kickstarter to mm-hmm. not only gain a number of, of um, I want to say, awareness around what you're doing and the nonprofits that you're working with, but also to launch a whole other round uh, of socks with, yeah. these, with these nonprofit partners that are, that are on a waiting list to get and engage with this brand. So, so tell us a little bit more about your Kickstarter and what you're doing, because I really want to make sure that, that you reach your goal and, and just share more about how, how we can get involved, how we can support you in voice threads. Yeah, for sure. So um, I think that, so coming out of well, since COVID <laughs> locked down everything, honestly, in March. Um, and I just, you know, just thinking back and reflecting about how timing works, like, it's amazing when you really think about it. So in March, everything was shut down, right? We were all on quarantine. But at that same time, I would, I became a double alumnus of SeatSpot and I went through the Impact Accelerator program, um, which was way more intense than the week-long boot camp. The week-long boot camp was great and intense, but the Impact Accelerator was like going through college. (laughs) And so, uh, but it was fantastic. Once again, super transformative. I had already been in business for about a year and a half um, with Voice Threads, but getting into the weeds of business um, when it came down to finance, when it came down to... um, 
even the brand again, like having to rethink how I was going to um, reach a whole new sector of customers, uh, being paired with a fantastic mentor, hearing from panelists who are experts in their field about what next steps you need to do. That was tremendous. So from March to May, I was basically in college again, learning how to not just survive through this new world that we're gonna see, but how to thrive and pivot to make sure that I was reaching a new world that was gonna be created. And so um, when, when I got done with that um, program, I realized um, and was validated that crowdfunding would be a really great way to get some capital for my company because now not only did I know what I was gonna use the money for, but I know exactly how much I needed in order to get some initiative started. And so that was the catalyst for me wanting to do a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and we had already cultivated a community or a tribe around VoiceThread. So it was great to be able to activate the tribe around like a common goal. Um, and it's been tremendous. We're halfway through, we're over halfway to our goal um, of $10,000. And that $10,000 is going to go a long way in terms of building our team, um, in terms of accelerating the, pro the production process for our socks and um, allowing us to partner with even more nonprofit partners um, by creating systems to um, attract and, tr and um, track the, the impact that we're having with our nonprofit partners as well. Um, and so when a person gives to our campaign, that's what they're giving to. They're giving to the growth of this small, socially conscious, um, Black-owned small business. And, um, and it goes a long way. So every little bit counts. And at different levels of your contribution, you get rewards, like getting, getting the, new, the newest pair of socks before everyone else by getting that pair of socks and a t-shirt that is exclusive. So there will be only a handful of people who get this, um, this, uh, this shirt. At you know, another range, you get like all the socks plus the shirt. And at the highest range, you get to actually choose a nonprofit that we partner with and you get to collaborate with us on the design of it. Mm. Um, and so we try to incentivize that, that generosity by offering something that we think is valuable. Um, but at the heart of everything that we do is making a greater impact in the community. So um, donating to our Kickstarter campaign is literally investing right back into the community, um, not just in Phoenix, but we're branching out to other parts of the country as well. So um, yeah, if you contribute to a Kickstarter campaign, your, your dollars are gonna go to a really, really good place. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That, that's just the beginning because you, you, you mentioned something there that I think is really important to hit on you now know how much it costs to manufacture your socks. You know, now know how much money you need in order to make the impact that you know you want to make, not only on your community, but on these nonprofits, right? Like, because you started back then, right? Um, I think you're, you launched originally in, in November of 2018, correct? I was at the, I was at the launch party with the fashion show and everything. So, so now it's been almost two years since you've launched and you've learned so much from then. And now you can be very, very strategic about how you not only market yourself, market your company, market your nonprofits, but ultimately, continue to make that impact in your community in a way that you know works because right. you've done a lot of the work already. That wasn't easy to do. So that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. That's a lesson in itself for, for many people because remember this, it's, it's all about like avoiding or overcoming that fear of starting. 
right right and i want to i want to i want to end in our time together with that question for you um drew because of your experience and i'm sure you've answered this question so many times just in this conversation um if you were to like share anything with with the community with people that are listening right now that may be afraid of just starting like what little, what piece of advice would you give them yeah so people whether uh, it's amazing so once you create something people will become attracted to you because of that thing and they'll start to ask you questions about it so whether it was i've helped people come up with ideas for the cons consulting companies i've helped people find resources to start the, to start writing or publishing their books i've helped people find manufacturers for whatever clothing line they want to i've connected them with, with designers and all kinds of stuff and so when you create a platform people will look at that platform and they will see you as an expert in that particular space. But I always ask them before, or before I start working with them, I was like, so what, where are you in this process? Is this still just an idea or have you actually taken a step? They're like, what do you mean by taking a step? I was like, have you actually written down anything? And the writing down of something, that's the very first step. Thinking about something is not a step. <laughs> we all think about things and, it just like vapor, it just disappears. We've, we've created and forgotten some of the best world-changing ideas, really. Like, we, we've created solutions to problems that we see in the world, and they're gone. So until you actually write something down, whether it's, like, a simple explanation about what your company or your product or whatever else it is, whether it's, like, writing a paragraph to the first story that you're, or first book that you're going to write, whether it's, like, um, having a coffee conversation with someone and calling someone who that person referred you to or writing an email to that person, that is a step. So getting from here to actually putting out into real life, that is the first step. And if you haven't gotten to that point, then it's very little <laughs> in the way of which I can help you or anyone for that matter. And, and all, all I will do is say, Here's what I want you to do. After you write something down, I want you to come back to me and I will help you get to the next step. But you haven't, you haven't really taken a step yet. Um, I want you to actually write something down or come up with an idea and we'll sit down and I will help you as much as you need help um, because one, my life's purpose is to help others, uh, to show others what's possible. And so I don't, I'm not on this journey for myself. I'm on it for other people too. So I want to be a resource for everyone else. But the first thing I tell people is to take the first step, which is to get it from here into the real world. Because, you know, whether you believe in God or you believe in the law of attraction, thoughts aren't the thing that attracts things to you. It's your words and the things that you write down that you manifest. So you need to create a need in the universe so the need can, so the universe or God can meet that need. Yeah. And um, that's what I encourage people to do um, as a very first step. So for me, starting small looks like writing something down or doing a tangible action. Write it down. Write it down just like you write down your goals. You could think about goals, but until you write them down, put them on paper, they're not even real. That's it. That's really good, man. Well, Drew, that's, that's amazing advice. And, and I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your, your advocacy for the work that we did together. I just, I just appreciate you as a brother, man, because you've just been a light for me in many ways. And I know you are going to be and continue to be a light for so many other people out there doing the things that you're doing, man. So um, 
I just thank you for being here, brother. And um, I just, I look forward to watching you on this journey moving forward. Well, you know, iron sharpens iron. So as, as we both grow, we're constantly like sharpening each other's, uh, you know, skill set and belief systems and way of doing business. And so I'm glad that we met each other at the time when we met each other, because I think that we, um, definitely were meant to meet in that particular point in time. And I'm glad we've been able to continue to cultivate that relationship because I think we both find value uh, in, in the kind of work that we do, even outside of business. Like we, uh, we just operate on the same frequency. So <laughs> it's really good to find a brother in this, in this hard work because it can sometimes be really lonely. So um, I, I appreciate you. And like I said before, and I'll say it until I die, like, thank you so much for being the person and using the gifts that you have to make companies like mine be successful because like I said, voice threads would not be what it is today without your help. So thank you so much for the beginning. Thank you for right now. And thank you for the help that you're going to give in the future. (laughs) (laughs) You make me blush, man. Um, thank you brother thank you for being here and thank you for those words again and thank you everyone that's listening in Um, this is everything starts small and I just want you to remember that notion that no matter what don't be afraid to start because it starts small 